I'm Tom Segura. I'm Christina P. I'm Rob Eiler. I'm Jamie Lynn Sigler. I'm Dr. Drew. I'm Lauren Compton. I'm not in the show. For real? 69 minutes. If you give us an hour, you'll miss nine minutes of our program. I'll count in, then play your theme song. Okay, thanks, Ready in Hamesh, Abba, Shalosh, Stein. Yeah! Where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at podcast With Christina P One date I'm going to plug for myself, Palace of Fine Arts, San Francisco, February 18th. Tickets are almost gone for that, and then we're going to add a bunch of shows. Most importantly, I am so pumped to have this guest with me today. He's going on tour starting next January. You can get tickets at tatersalad.com. Yeah, I fucking said tater salad. It's the Ron White, everybody. Come on! Woo! I love him. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I do love you. I've admired you for so long in just comedy places. I've studied you. I've watched you. And now I feel like we're developing a nice little friendship at the mothership. I thought it went a little past that flirty-wise, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Tom was in Europe. Yeah. That was, that was a good time, you and me. That was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it's, it's great to have uh, you and Tom as part of the tribe here and the the tribe is growing with the new guys coming into town and, and girls and, uh, uh, you know, the, the comedy mothership is, uh, leading the way, uh, as far as the quality of the room and the way they pay, you know, entertainers and employees. And it's just a, it just works so well for me. And I was I was going to retire January 1st. That was going to be my last show. Uh, what? It was New Year's. I was in uh, Tulsa where people go to quit. <laughs> and, uh, the Looney Bin? Is that yeah. the club you were doing? No, I was doing no, a casino, a but it yeah. was like 4,000 people. But I just I had enough, man. Yeah. I had been touring for 36 years and hard touring always. Because uh, I always thought it would come to an end, right? It always yeah, does. Yeah. It never did. So I was like, somebody's got to put a stop to this. And, uh, well, so it never I did because you're fucking awesome because you're real and i think people sense that authenticity from you i mean I, listen i don't need to tell you how great you are i think you know but no go ahead yeah okay i, I really enjoyed it uh but i, I think what I, <laughs> what I was drawn to you creatively i mean and personally now is like it's just it's it's 100 percent real i don't feel like there's a lot of bullshit going on with you is that because of your upbringing like what's your you know, I don't know what it's from. Uh, I've always found, and, and early on, is that the the closer you get on stage, for me, and it's not for everybody, but the closer I get on stage to who I really am, the more they respond to it. Mm. And uh, now I lie to them too, so I'm, I'm so good at that. They can't tell if I'm telling the truth or not. You know, right, it's, right. It's not a newscast. Right. And, There's uh, always a little bit of lying. Yeah. But uh, but I, you know, when. I, I told Rogan, I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire and uh, I've had enough. I just, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't, uh, it's killing me. And and uh, he goes, that's not what's killing you, Ron. It's just all that travel and having to go yeah. somewhere and be somewhere and getting away from home. And, you know, I'm going to build this club. And uh, he had just moved here and was talking about the mothership. And he said, you know, we're 
we're all going to have input. We're going to, you know, we're going to build the best club ever built. And, uh, uh, it'll be a place for us all to flourish and yeah. you'll fall back in love with stand-up comedy. And that's exactly what happened. And, uh, and I know everybody loves the club, but I feel like you built it for me, you <laughs> yeah, know, cause it fits me so well. I mean, yeah. I just never had so much fun yeah. just being at home and then going down and you could do four sets a night and, yeah. you know, and, and as a comic, it just got me really sharp just to in, crave going back on stage again. And, you know, at the mothership now I haven't done a show anywhere else, but the mothership Vulcan, when we were first you know, start before we opened the mothership, but I don't, I don't play any of the other rooms and they all asked me to, and I'm like, eh, I got all I can get right here. I, yeah. I really don't think I'm going to venture out of this until I'm doing, you know, big shows on the road. So, um, that's coming up quick. And when I first looked at the list, it made me sick to my stomach because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to do any of this. Yeah. I don't want to leave the house. Man. But I, but I think, uh, that, that once I get out, I'll see, you know, if, if, if it's fun, we'll do some next year. If it's not, well, I'll just retire. And uh, which is what I, I, that's what makes sense in my life right now anyway, is mm -hmm. retiring. Cause I like to play, uh, I, I play a lot of golf. That's where I'm going after here. That's why I bumped it from two to. Oh, I know. I, you didn't have to tell me. I was like, he's golfing today. Yeah, I am golfing If it doesn't today. rain, I hope it doesn't rain. It's going to be beautiful. And, uh, the fall in Austin is the greatest for golf. And, uh, so my mom lives here now, and she lives no in an assisted living place right over by my house. She's got oh. her little apartment over there. My sister lives with her, and uh, so I, you know, and that's a glorious thing. Uh, mother's had some really, really tough times recently, mm. and uh, we, uh, she had a couple of falls that we kind of got away with, and then she had a fall we did not get away with, yeah. and uh, hit her head and and really uh, caused some real concern, you know, five staples up the back of her head, oh, bled like crazy. And, uh, and I, I was at the hospital with her till three 30 in the morning and they released her. And I was like, you're going to let her go with <laughs> this head blow. She's 90. Yeah. And, uh, they're like, yeah, let's send her out of here. And, uh, so we kind of thought we were going to lose her. And, uh, but she, she had kind of decided she was done with all of it. You know, she was ready to go mm. and took some action towards that. And it didn't turn out. And, and, uh, we just kind of, exp she was really kind of confused because she thought, <clears throat> because she had this last fall and she wasn't wearing her button that mm. she could push to get help. And I, I told her mother, you're going to have to go into assisted living, which is full home nursing home stuff. And she's seen it, and she wants no part of it. These underpaid, underappreciated interns wiping the drool off the faces of the nearly departed. <laughs> and mom wants nothing to do with that. So she was going to end it, and, and uh, that didn't work out. And she didn't understand her options, you know, which was, you know, what the hospital suggests is, why, why don't you just go to hospice and oh. – uh, and uh, so, which we, which we are, that's where we're at now. Okay. And, oh, wow, uh, Ron. Okay. And, uh, but the, the weird thing is she, she took, stopped taking all of her meds except for pain meds. And it was 34 pills a day. And she has esophageal problems, so she can't hardly swallow anyway. And uh, as soon as she quit taking all that, she's 100% better. She's had no. this horrible acid reflux for years. 
that's been the bane of her existence. Not one bit of it since she take it, stopped taking all those pills. She doesn't take the pill for acid reflux. She, she went to my goddamn show last night. What? Three weeks after all this stuff happened. And she was up in the balcony cheering me on. Wow. And, uh, and then wow. she's probably seen 800 shows. I mean, she's been such a big fan for all oh, these years. That's so lovely. 37 years. So uh, to have mom in the crowd, I was just hoping I didn't start crying because I, yeah. I get so emotional. And I, I talked to a couple people. Yeah, my mom's here. And, I know. Oh, I got to do a show. That's got to be tough because I didn't, I hated my mom. So when I have a different dynamic, when she passed, I was like kind of relieved in a, in a fucked up way. Yeah. I can't imagine what it must be like to lose a mother that you actually really love. Yeah. Well, I, 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 hey, when my father died, I sat down in a chair for about two minutes when they called and told me, got up, went back to work. <laughs> When I lost my that last dog, I was right. devastated for oh, six months. Don't tell me about dogs. I couldn't get off the floor. But mother's a different story. <sighs> mother's a different story. And she was always there, you know, for me in my early <sighs> days of stand-up when I was so broke. Oh. And she always had 100 bucks, and she always knew, you know, when I, when I needed it. And um, I'll, I'll tell you this little story. I, she, mother used to grow. She had this piece of land that she lived on and and uh, it was a cattle ranch and a peach orchard but at one time and and but for whatever reason she grew the best tomatoes you could eat them over the sink like a peach mm. they were so good and people waited for them foxworthy would call me when are your mom's tomatoes coming in I mean, they were so good and i'd been out on the road i was living in mexico and, and uh, touring on the weekends with foxworthy and and uh, i left for two weeks and she sent me the tomatoes at, at my p.o box in mccallan and I go in there and check my mail. There's a big soggy box. And uh, I said, throw, <laughs> I just throw it away. Works. And I, I get home and my mother goes, uh, goes, did you get your tomatoes? And I said, yeah, mom, but I've been on the road for two weeks and they were all rotten. And she goes, well, at least you got the $100. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. And I, I was so broke. And uh, so I got back in my car, drove across the U.S. border, uh, back to the post office, around back, crawled in a dumpster, <laughs> rummaged around for that box and found it, opened it up, got the hundred bucks out yeah, of you it. Did. That's how bad I needed a hundred dollars well, back then. I dumpster dove for it. Yeah, you were living in Mexico. Yeah. Where a hundred dollars in... is like a million. Yeah, but I, I had a, a, like a pottery concern. I'd call it a business, but it was more something to be concerned about. <laughs> You had a pottery uh, business? Yeah. Is that a we, metaphor for something no, else? No, it's not. Oh. It, it, we, uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she made uh, mosaic tile applications to oh. pottery. And she would sell them at art shows, and she'd sell them real fast, but it took her six months to make any of them. So I just started thinking, uh, the funny bone had just cut my pay, and I'm like, mm. I'm going to Mexico. We're going to make pottery. I'm going to move into a little colonial and, and start uh, hiring people to come down to this we found an abandoned tortilla shop. <laughs> this is and, so random. Uh, and I know. And we Jesus. cleaned it out and started building shelves and hiring women to come in there. And turned out they were better at it than she was. But the product was heavy and fragile, which turns out to be an awful <laughs> combination if you don't have the ability to shoot foam around it, which was $2,000 for that machine. Oh. I didn't have it. So basically, I just made this pottery and put it on a shelf and... Uh, we had tons and tons of it because I couldn't ship it. I'd ship it to 
<clears throat> art galleries and they'd get it in a hundred pieces. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I should have realized that first. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so when I moved to Mexico, I had the biggest truck rider made, the biggest trailer behind that, my custom van and the biggest trailer behind that. And three years later, I had the exact same equipment pointed the other direction <laughs> out of Mexico. And, well, that was a bad idea. And, uh, but, and, <clears throat> and yet your mom supported this dream of becoming a comedian, which is bananas if you think about it like who becomes a comedian a, a highly successful one by the way i mean it's just, it's like saying i want to be a rock star it's even crazier than saying that right. but your mother must be an extraordinary woman to support you in that way i don't know any parents that do well i had uh, run through a lot of options and nothing <laughs> was looking that good and uh like Everybody what? What, what? was really hoping uh, that this might be something. So. What's some early Ron White careers prior to comedy? Uh, you know, sales. I was always a really good salesman, but I really, I, I have a wicked attention deficit disorder that I choose not to treat because <laughs> uh, I don't like energy. <laughs> and, uh, so I, and, uh, but I was a salesman. So I sold windows and doors, uh, in fact, when I would hang out at the Funny Bone Comedy Club, I had this little Nissan truck, and it always had a sample window in the back of it. And, <laughs> and uh, but uh, you know, I just I, I I was always funny, so you know, it looked like something I could do, and and I picked up on it pretty quick. I, not that the material was that great, but I could generate a lot of power, mm. and for some reason, and uh, so I'm like, this is. You know, I, that's what this is it. I'm a comedian. I know it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm supposed to be. And uh, so mother uh, would just cheered me on the whole time. I, I, sw I swear she went to 800 shows. She would, her and her late husband had a motor home and I'd come out of a apartment complex in, in Raleigh. <laughs> Bop, we're here. <laughs> this is when you were. You said apartment club. This is when you're doing Tour the clubs. clubs right. So you're still, you're, you, you, this isn't, uh, you haven't like hit it big yet. No. Now, when I hit it big, it was, you know, it was like mother and I won the lottery, you know. So Aww. I was able to take care of her in, in uh, ways that, uh, that that make her very, very happy. And, and, uh, and it's, and then she also got to fly on my jet so that's cool uh, that's so, the best <clears throat> had a jet for 10 years and and mother and i got to fly around on it quite a bit going to shows and Aww. i've got some really cool pictures of me and, and mom on the plane and, and that's got to feel so good because you know you work so long how long before the blue collar stuff hit how about long about 15 you? years okay of, so yeah of uh 48 weeks a year and nine <laughs> shows a week on the road in comedy clubs and uh and I'd I'd gone to L.A. and and, uh, and done a show, and I'd been doing stand-up about three years, and they hired me to uh, headline the Laugh Stop in Newport Beach. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy saw me do 15 minutes in Austin, and which I killed, and uh, and I was headlining some B rooms in Arkansas and stuff, and he <laughs> gives me this job. And I, I went up there, <clears throat> and... Uh, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this because the two weeks before me were Bobby Slayton and Jerry Seinfeld, and there's here's Ron White's three year old act, and I get in there. If I told you this story no. before, I get in there, and I'm really nervous because I haven't performed within 1,500 miles of this place, you know, and oh, and um, 
and then a waitress comes over to me and she goes, uh, that's Duncan Strauss. He, uh, interview reviews comedy for the LA Times. I'm like, oh, that's good on my first night in, in town. So I was just shaking, oh, nervous. Dude. And I got on stage and I, the jokes were working. It wasn't the best set I'd ever had, but it, it all worked. And I walked off, you know, feeling pretty good about it. And uh, and I noticed that uh, he thought he'd probably want to sit down and talk to me about my future and comedy, but he wasn't there. And then, uh, so now I had a bunch of confidence. So the next night, we had some uh, open micers. They had an open mic thing connected to it. And then I murdered. And then, now, I'm giving lessons. I've got comics <laughs> gather around. I'm oh, telling them shit. how it works. I'm yeah. thinking about calling home and divorcing my wife. And, <laughs> you know, because things are really looking different for yeah, me now. And I'm going to find that girl on the Takati beer poster. Oh, and we're yeah. going to have some kids. And Hell, yeah. And uh, the next day, I was staying in this really nice hotel, Marriott Suites on the Bay in Newport Beach. They, and uh, and the nicest hotel I'd ever been in in my life And at that point. And, and uh, I walked downstairs, and I noticed I was really drunk the night before because there was a trail <laughs> of popcorn from my room to the <laughs> elevator. And I went to go down to get a newspaper, yeah. and they didn't have any. And I wanted to read that review and, uh, you know, who's going to be the next big comic in the country. And, and I, the club was right by there, so I just walked down to the club. <clears throat> I had a tendency to go in and talk to the staff and hang out. They had nothing to do. And I walked in, and they go, don't read it, Ron. Don't read it. Fuck and I went, like, what? It's not true. Uh, this guy doesn't like anybody. And uh, I'm like, let me see it. And I looked at it, and there was a, a big picture of me, um, an Orange County edition of the L.A. Times, so about two million papers. Cool. And, uh, and uh, a picture of me making a face I swear I've never made, but there's the <laughs> photograph. It looked awfully stupid. And it said in big block letters, even when white's not blue, he's not funny. And I was like, ouch. And I immediately agreed with him. And I was like, I've been found out. I'm a phony. And uh, so, and, and was devastated by it. And, and uh, I uh, went across the street and got a bottle of tequila and a pack of razor blades. Mm. And I mailed Duncan Strauss the razor blades <laughs> with a note that said, just in case you're ever in the mood. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that's fucking funny, by the way. And I sat him. there and I was in my beautiful hotel room <sighs> with a big old bag of weed, smoking joints, just hitting that bottle and thinking, well, they got to pay me for the last two nights. Yeah. But I figure the shows are canceled. I mean, I, that you know, who's going to come to a show with that kind of review? Nobody. It'd be, a, you know, it was 91. Every club in the world was packed to the rafters every night, no matter who was in there, you know, and so. I got up there and I was real hungover from a day drinking, and I went down there mm -hmm. and then I really validated everything he said. Uh, just a horrible set. And then the guy that booked me called and said, "How's he doing?" And I'm like, "Not good, not good at all." And and uh, they, uh, I ended up getting a little bit better, and then uh, then the week was over. They paid me, and I went home. And, and I'm like, I'm never, I'm never going back to LA, and uh, or for sure, I'm going to go out to the Midwest and sharpen the blade, yeah. Which I did for another 12 years, and then blue collar hit, and then 
you know, I could work anywhere I wanted. And yeah, it's just, uh, and fuck that guy. There's no that's real shortcuts name. in this business. So no. if you find some quick way to get to some spot, boy, that's just a death move. It's a death move. Yeah. And, uh, so now we've got, uh, you know, everything I ever wanted in, uh, in a, in a comedy club and, and friends and, uh, that uh, really have a common, you know, we've all made the same life choices that ended us up right here, <laughs> and uh, which is great, you know, it's a great place to be, and and uh, and the uh, and I'm I'm a I'm a little bit excited about you know getting back out and and doing some big venues, but for the most part, I got offered a Ben Stiller movie yesterday. Nice, you gonna do it? No. <laughs> I'm not. That was quick. It was the worst. I, yeah. My my manager, who's from England, says, Ron, I've got some. I've got the greatest news. Yeah. Ben Stiller wants you in a movie. Oh, I'm like, oh, great. That's yeah. that. I like Ben Stiller. Oh, yeah. uh, when is it being filmed? He goes, December and January. Mm. Oh, really? Where at? Uh, Wilmington, Ohio, or something oh, like that. Boy. And I'm like, in January in Wilmington? I'm doing nine dates in January. And he goes, he's only shooting for six days, but they're not in a row. <laughs> so I'm going to be doing sets on a weekend and then hubbing back in and yeah, out of the shithole town in Ohio. <laughs> and uh, in the dead of winter. Fuck that, man. What does it pay? Oh, it doesn't pay much, Ron. Yeah. Well, how much does it pay? I'm really af afraid to tell you. Well, you have to tell me, Michael. <laughs> because it plays scale. Oh, and I'm like, how much is that? And he goes, eleven hundred dollars a day. Tell him to fuck off. I'm not doing anything for eleven hundred dollars a day. Fuck right Are you off. kidding? I'd have to have my tour bus out there. That's five hundred dollars a day just to have a driver sit in it. Mm -mm. And uh, and then I'm going to have to use private planes to get in and out. What? I'm going to invest in Ben Stiller's movie. What the fuck are you thinking? Mm. I'm always so mean to him, but no, and, and I yell though. at him a lot. And he goes, Ron, you don't have to raise your voice. And I said, it's the only way I can. <laughs> compete with your superior vocabularies with volume. So he's real smart and I'm real loud. So Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. You don't got time for that. Um, so you like your mom. What was dad like? What's dad about? Dad was a harsh uh, disciplinarian that suffered from some sort of depression. And uh, uh, he died very young at 51 of, uh, you know, natural causes. And, and we just... You know, I, dad was an athlete and a really good golfer, but he led her in all things and, you know, in high school and a football scholarship. And, uh, you know, I wasn't. I was a mama's boy. And uh, I didn't like <laughs> I didn't like getting hurt. And uh, I hated football. And, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I wasn't particularly good at anything. And, uh, and he, he was a big golfer and I, I didn't even like to play golf with him. And, I, and that's the reason I play golf to this day, I'm sure. But, uh, it was always, you know, just him yelling at me about the, I guess that's where I got it, but mm -hmm. about you know, keep your head down, keep your head down. You're not even trying. Oh my God. You're horrible. <laughs> I'm oh, this is bad. But I love to go out there by myself or with my buddy and just play all day, you know. Without him yelling do, at you. Without, without your dad. Yeah, a little yeah. background noise. So how old were you when he passed? 28 or 27. Okay. He, he was, uh, it was right before I started doing stand-up, so he never saw me do stand-up. Mm. And, uh, um, and you know, it, I, I wish he would have seen it, you know, to maybe have some different opinion of yeah. me. as a. But what do you even have approved? 
Well, you know, they weren't they weren't really religious people. So, you know, even though the show's kind of blue, I, I don't know. He he may not have just not approved of me. I don't know. Yeah. I know that uh, that when he died, there was a, a we were going through his bedroom and and uh, there was a bottle of grape juice flavored morphine. And I <laughs> unscrewed the lid and took a sip and handed it to my sister. And she took a sip. And I'm like, that'll calm the old nerves there, I bet. And boy, did it. <laughs> So he was a mean guy? He said he was a disciplinarian. Yeah, kind of disciplinarian. You know, he's raised by a guy that suffered from depression that, that uh, mm. thought the best way to get your kids to do something is to smack them a few times. Fuck, and, and And quite frankly, it worked for the most part. You know, yeah. but I don't want to do that. And he's big and strong. Yeah. I remember noticing when I was a kid that my dad's arms were three times bigger than anybody else's dad's arms. So he was a beast. Damn. And... Uh, and sometimes I wish I'd have gotten to know him better and, you know, that we could have had some kind of connection because wouldn't it be great to have a, a great dad that you love as much as you do your mother? And uh, and they were divorced by then, and mother went off and partied with uh, her friends. And and, uh, and I'd go dancing with her at happy hour. And yeah. we, we've always been as children? close, huh? As kid, when you were a kid, you go dancing? No, her, as an adult. As adult. Okay, I okay. would go pick her up and take her to a club. Oh, and good. We'd go dancing. And, so uh, it sounds like mom really filled in for what dad lacked. He, he sounds yeah. like he was kind of an old school guy. That generation right. was really yeah. And he, you know, and, he raised me with the information that he had. Yeah. And it and it wasn't all good information and you know, but that's just you know, there we're from a little dirt town in northwest Texas, seven hundred people. Jesus. And uh so you don't know anything that you didn't learn there and it wasn't all right. Yeah. You know, it was just a little backwards town and uh called Fritch. They'll I hope they don't hear that, but uh <laughs> They know. They, they yeah, know. They, they already know. <laughs> Tell them anything. They know they suck. So what a bummer. It sounds like um I don't know. My my parents don't really uh, approve of of my career choice or my life. And I always, I think unconsciously, my desire to be a comic and to get successful and get rich and famous was to win their approval on some level. And then the the dark moment comes when you're like, oh, these people don't, they're never going to give me the validation that I want. You know, is there a part of you that I mean, I don't know. Do we ever outgrow wanting our father's approval, especially as a boy? That's I, be... You know, I don't think so. And I and I had a father-in-law that was the first person to ever openly hate my guts. Oh, and, shit. And, uh, oh, no. We were, we were at his house for dinner in Midland, me and uh, my son's mo- uh, mom, uh, who I love. She's one of my best friends to this day. And and uh, so is, her, uh, is my son's stepfather, just a great guy. And we got lucky and lucky there. And uh, we were sitting at the dinner table, and <laughs> Weldon was his name. He goes, you should go to the grocery store and get a job stacking cans because that's all you'll ever be. And I'm Whoa. like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to this. But he didn't live long enough to hear my son go, Dad's picking me up in his jet today. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Flex. That's good. Good for you. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So when you became a dad, was it like kind of a – I mean, what's it like when you, you don't get along with your own father and then you become a father? Well, I tell you how it happened. I, I, I got a divorce from uh, Marshall's mother when he was two and a half, and I fought for joint custody, and then they gave it to me. <laughs> and I was on the road, and they were just like, well, here you go. And I'm like, I'm going to Wichita. You're taking a baby. 
shit. Oh, that's what they mean by joint custody. <laughs> I should have negotiated down a little bit. And uh, so I got a car seat, play school car seat with a big bird steering wheel on it and plopped his little butt in there. And we took off down the road until until he was five years old, until he was old enough to go to. Wow. Uh, so I would go to a comedy club with a baby, yep. hand him to a waiter. <laughs> Hold on to him for about 45 minutes. Don't give him beer. He loves it. And, uh, <laughs> That's go up and do sets. And he was so hip to comedy clubs. He's a smart kid, smart little kid, smart young man. And uh, he goes, uh, and every once in a while I'd bring him on stage with me to get cheap laughs. And, yeah. and uh, he goes, Dad, I, I want to come to the club tonight, but I don't want to go on stage. I just want to sit in the green room. And I said, oh, this club doesn't have a green room. He goes, oh, it's a funny bone. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit in the manager's office yeah, and stare no, at them there's typing. There's no green room here. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So does he have memories of this, Marshall? Uh, yeah, you know, some. Not not many. He was really, really young. But he remembers we, we slept in the van a lot and uh, for money's sake. And uh, it was real cold. We were in the wintertime, and I couldn't get the tube out of uh, the toothpaste out of the tube. It was frozen Aww. in there. And uh, and I stuck it in my armpit. That's what he remembers. <laughs> I put the toothpaste in my armpit to warm it up to get toothpaste out of it. That's cute. Um, but... Uh, you know, we've always and we're playing golf this afternoon, so we're oh, awesome. You know, uh, we we get along famously. He's uh, my favorite human being. So, oh, is your only child? Uh, you know? Yeah, only child. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like you worked. I mean, it sounds like you did it though. Like you did what your dad was not able to do with you. Oh yeah, I, I love him. Yeah, you know, I'd do anything for him. Yeah, and uh, I asked him. I talked about this on stage last night, but uh, he, he had a birthday, and and uh, I came home on a Sunday and called him up and said, hey, your birthday's on Tuesday, and uh, I'm going to take everybody out to dinner. So your mom, your stepdad, the girls, Jeannie, mother, everybody's going to go. You pick the place, and I'll make the reservation, and old pop will pick up the tab. And he goes, Dad, I got plans on Tuesday. And I'm like, Really? You got plans on Tuesday? What are you doing on your birthday? And he goes, Dad, I'm 32 years old now. Do I have to explain everything I do to yeah. you? And I said, well, you are my only heir, and it's a lot of money. <laughs> no shit. And he goes, I played Dungeons and Dragons with my friends on Tuesday. I was like, what? And I asked him, how long have you been doing that? And he goes, like 10 years. And I'm like, why'd you never tell me? And he goes, Dad, you're this big, cool comedian, and I just didn't think you'd think it was that great. And I didn't. <laughs> if he would have told me he was gay, I had a speech, you know? If he would have told me he was bisexual, I had a half a speech. This kid comes out of the castle. I know. I got nothing for nerd, dude. Nerds, dude. <laughs> but you know what? These nerds are cool now, yeah. which is a trip. Because, yeah, when we grew up, Dungeons and Dragons, right? I, how, I always rail against video games to these boys. Because as a woman, uh, watching a man play video games, it's, it's a real uh, pussy dryer. Like, I don't think I can... <laughs> is that what it is? Oh, my. I think Oculus is Latin for dry pussy. Every time my husband wears the stupid VR thing, I mean, I, it's just kryptonite. I don't, I don't think it's very sexy at all. No. Right. I think it's a you know big waste of time. But then again, yeah. he's very successful. My husband could do what the fuck he wants. Like he's he's doing fine. But uh, but Dungeons and Dragons, wow. Yeah, that was wow. 
I was hurt. You know, I was talking, I about, talking to than, Duncan Strauss. It's worse than gay. And he was sure. talking about the virtual porn <laughs> that you put on, both people put it on. Yeah. And uh, he goes, my, my wife said, I, I felt like I was cheating. And I was like, how does she know what that feels like? <laughs> <laughs> right. Fuck. All right. So you divorced the mom. What happened? I mean, like. I was just on the road all the time. You're still, yeah, and, okay. uh, you were working and doing your thing. She was traveling for a chain of grocery stores, setting up displays and stuff. And so it just, uh, she kind of met somebody and I met somebody and we just switched teams. And uh, yeah. she lives out in Bastrop. Great. Oh, so close by. Yeah. And that's good. <clears throat> Sounds like your kid doesn't hate you. I always, that's always the thing with show business is because you have to be gone so much. Like, uh, you're so worried that your kid's gonna end up hating you, but it sounds like you transcended that. You guys stayed together. Yeah, you, you know, and, with you. And uh, we Fair. always, you know, there's nothing. <laughs> the, the the mother of your child is gonna be the mother of your child for the rest of your <laughs> of yeah. the child's life, and and uh, and I and I always knew that was important, and I always treated her with respect, and and even when I didn't have any money, she got child support first, and uh, damn, dude, and. Uh, so, and then with Terry, her, her husband, who's just a wonderful man, you know, you you get really lucky if you can get a good stepfather in that spot, because that can be a real big problem. Yeah, and, But it wasn't at all with him, you know, he was part of team parent from the day one. And, That's huge. And he had a couple kids from another marriage, everybody's, you know, piled into one group. And You know, I feel like step parent in general is just such a tough gig. Yeah. And I've, I've had a few step parents, and I, I think like you can't really discipline a kid that's not yours, right? That's always tricky discipline. So then, what's your role? Are you their buddy? And like, my I had a cool stepdad actually. Like, he was from India, and he was this um, he was a he was a criminal, but he was <laughs> he was really nice to me, and we had a lot of laughs. And he loved Jay Leno, and he loved comedy, and I think that's what he and I bonded on. And he was always cool as shit to me, but he was my bro. You right. know, like he never disciplined me, and maybe that's why we got along so well. But step step parents is shit gig. Yeah, it is. It is, and uh, the boy, this guy pulled it off like a champ. You know, it's awesome. And, uh, he really didn't like me at first because I was just so wild, and he's <laughs> not that wild. And uh, and he was like didn't approve of my hooliganisms or whatever the hell yeah. I was doing. And uh, and now though we we get along great. That's and, cool. Uh, he's a uh, dear human being. So. You're so sweet. How did you turn out so sweet with like a crap? Well, it kind of depends on who you talk to because I could be a royal asshole. <laughs> I mean, I can go deep. Yeah. What uh, pisses with you assholiness. What makes you an asshole? Uh, you know, uh, uh, people. I was in my, I got this new dog. Oh, yeah. It's five months old and she's a, a micro golden doodle and she's really cute. And I went to the store. It was a little while back, so it was hot outside. But I left my car running. <laughs> I left my dog in the car. I came back, and this lady goes, uh, "You just leave your dog in the car while you go in places." And I said, "He's uh, he's watching the kids." Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you know, at, uh, pretty much I'm <clears throat> pretty even keeled. But if you know, if, if it goes the wrong way, I could be 
pretty sharp tongue. Yeah, good for you. But you should. I mean, that was that was your right. I'm sure you had the air conditioning on. Yeah, yeah. You I take like, care of my dogs. Yeah, you weren't killing the damn dog. <laughs> no, no, stupid no. bitch. Did you this call her stupid bitch? This lady thought she needed to chime in. Yeah, you fucking. Cunt. She was probably looking at something she could bitch about. And decided to yeah. pick me. Could you even imagine in your wildest dreams telling a stranger how to conduct their their life and their business like that, though? I, yeah, no, I I couldn't muster up enough give a fuck exactly to even pause to right? suggest how someone yeah. else might live their life. I don't care how don't they live their life. Fuck either, bro. And uh, and even if it was their kid, I probably don't care about their kid either. You know, same sees. None maybe of my business. If it was a child in a hot car, I'd break a window. But yeah, but maybe not. But what? Know. Like I was a uh, trick or treating this year, and th- these parents. They had two babies and they were so drunk and they were, I could smell their breath, you know? And I'm like, really, you fucking loser? Like, you got to get this hammered to trick To enjoy treat. some time with it. Yeah, you fucking asshole. Not only that, like, who's driving the kid, the kids home? And these are very little children. That's like the one time I, I was like, do I? Actually, I was with a, a former police officer. I'm like, should I just, should we fucking do something? But then you're like, no, these guys probably get drunk in front of their kids every day. Right. And then what? These kids now live in like a foster home or some shit. I don't know. It ends. It ends. Uh, it ends bad a lot of times. You know. I know. Uh, so I know I drank like an idiot for fifty years, and, <laughs> and uh, who knows uh, how I made it through that. But how did you make it? Did you drink while you were touring? Like, is that how you got through touring? I mean, <laughs> I drank every night until yeah. I couldn't get the two images of what I was looking at within ten feet of each other. That's how I knew it was time to get them. <laughs> A little nap, and uh, but when you're touring on that bus, you know, yeah. and, you're, and you're, you know, you, we used to get what we call bus fucked up, which is all you got to do is stay sober enough to make it to your bunk or <laughs> the bed in the back for me. And there's photos of me not making it, the the twelve feet or whatever it is back to that, like half in it, half on the floor. Yeah, I one time I I thought my buddy was going to get laid, which he never did. And he had a girl on the bus, so I was going to bail out. And so I'd never take a drink back to my room. I would sit out there and party with them until it's time to go to bed, and then I'd just go to bed. But I took my Dokseckis back to the bed, and, and I passed out. I was real drunk. Bus took off. <laughs> Bottle of Dokseckis falls on the floor and breaks. And my bed sat really high because it mm. needs to be towards the center. For, for a better ride. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, sure. so you have to kind of slip off the edge of it. I slipped off the edge of it, and the bottom round part had a big shard of glass coming out, and it went right into the middle of my foot. Damn. And, uh, and I knew what it was as soon as I did it. Well, somebody had hit the master switch on the lights, which means you can't turn them back on with this switch. You have to go turn them on with the master switch. So, and I, and I can't see a thing. Fuck. It's completely dark, and I know there's glass everywhere. And I'm yelling for Steve, but he's passed out and a, and a door and a curtain away. And he doesn't hear me with the engines running, going down the road. Uh, uh, my phone was in my bag. I'm, and I, I'm literally stumped as to what to do. And I'm just leaning over the bed. I reached down and tried to pull that piece of glass out. And I'm like, ow. Oh. And then I'm like, well, I got to get that piece of glass out of my foot. So I yeah. pulled the piece of glass out of my foot. It was like an inch long. And I just crawled back in the bed, <laughs> went to sleep, where I bled out oh my for hours. God. And uh, they came in there uh, in the bedroom, and it looked like somebody slaughtered a hog in there. And there just blood all over the place. And I'm like, you guys didn't take me to the hospital? He goes, well, Steve looked at it. He said he thought you'd be fine. 
Oh, we're going with what Steve thinks about medical emergencies now. Is that what we... Steve's a comedian? <clears throat> my road manager. My best friend is always six years old. Oh, and uh, he wasn't uh, the best road manager in the world, but he was a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, and uh, they ended up, we, we, like, later that day, they took me to a doctor. And they said, you should have come in when you first did it yeah. to get it sewn up because now we're just going to bandage it together. And uh, I stuffed it in a golf shoe and <laughs> limped around oh, the golf course with it. And Jesus! It just—they stitched you up, though, yeah. They—they uh, they put some some kind of a really strong tape on it. Is all they said the edges weren't fresh enough to sew or something. Fresh enough? Yeah. Oh, because you've been riding all night, bleeding out. <laughs> it seems like they would have been fine. <laughs> but, uh, but we weren't That's near a town, so, so it took forever to get where we were you know, going. Just listening to you talk about bus life, like my husband does bus life too, and he tours, and I meet him occasionally with the kids and we sleep on the bus and like i don't think people listening really have an idea of the isolation and the 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 craziness of like you're in front of a an, an arena of people who just adore you and it's like this incredible high okay everybody good night and then it's over <laughs> you're in a fucking bus like it's a nice bus right. but it's a bus yeah. and you're rolling all night and you're like it's just very lonely it's a rough life well yeah. that was your <laughs> experience mine was different <laughs> you had two kids and your husband yeah. on it i had oh, God. Uh, my best friend who was alex ramundo my best friend steve cook from my childhood and alex ramundo my comedian friend that was tending bar the first place i ever worked and uh, my son was doing vip and uh and uh, another friend of mine was driving the bus so and then i so we had a blast. Party bus. It was just a party bus. So it was nice. just a big old trail of smoke weed and tequila <laughs> and just a big old party. <laughs> blur. And I I loved it. And it's definitely the best way to get from gig to gig because you travel mm -hmm. at night. It's like being FedEx. You just crawl out of the box and <laughs> so true. you're there. You, you just know? wake up and you're in another city. Right. It's a which, trip. Is, which is great. No no cabs, no hotels. I always slept on the bus. And, Damn. So and I didn't sell it when I retired, thank God. So I've. I'm getting it all shined you're, up, ready for this tour. You're so hardcore, dude. You're like, you're a real G. You're a real road dog. Absolutely. Yeah, you ever really ever. are. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I've been, I've done the road too. Everybody's like, why don't women, why aren't there more women in comedy? I'm like, well, because most women um, have too much self-esteem or weren't traumatized enough as children <laughs> yeah, right. to fucking stay in like, especially when you're before you hit it, you know, you're staying in these disgusting, either dangerous motels or comedy condos. Which, which is even more disgusting and more dangerous. Covered in cum. Yeah. Like you don't know who's been there. Who, no. How many people have keys to the place? But you know, it's bad. It's disgusting. <laughs> you know, it's bad. Right. So there's this, this, this thing of like how much neglect and abuse can you put up with physically? I'm saying. Right. To, to enjoy, but the comedy is so fun. You have to be obsessed with stand-up, which right, I think we more. are. Yeah, that yeah. has to outweigh your physical comfort, I can't your emotional imagine. comfort. I'm real good friends with Kathleen Madigan. And oh, I, I love I her. I her from uh, when she first got out of college and started doing stand-up. So, you know, she did that road comedy club thing hard for yeah. years and years and years and, and, uh, and turned the corner into theaters, and she's doing really well. Of course, she's brilliant. But and uh, the... Um, and, uh, who else did he? Uh, Whitney. Uh, oh, Whitney Cummings. Uh, Cummings. She was just here. 
Oh, she was? She just was here last oh, episode. Well, I, I saw her last week. Yeah. Uh, She's about to pop. Yeah. She's so preggers. She looks so good. She looks amazing. Too. Her boobs are huge. I know. But she just, it, I think she looks more beautiful than ever. And I've always thought she was pretty. We did a show together, a pilot one time. So I yeah. knew her from a while back when she was in her 20s. And, uh, but, uh, I don't know. It seems she seems, seems softer and even more fertile. Pretty That's and, what we were talking about. Yeah. I was like, I feel like I want to have sex with you because you're just so fertile and and uh, filled out. Maybe that's what it is. She she looks like she's full of life, literally. Right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, whoa. Yeah, but then also there's dudes that want to bang you when you're pregnant. It's a fetish. Like when I would swim in public pools, pregnant with my first kid, dudes would just. Float over there. Oh my God, man! It's a it's a real. Th- Are you into pregnant chicks? I've never been into pregnant chicks ever in my life. But I <laughs> I gotta tell you, and I know Jeannie will hear this. But uh, sorry, Jeannie, we I'm love like, you. I just thought she looks so good pregnant. I we, of course we uh, didn't do anything, but uh, yeah. but it did cross my mind. Yeah, of course. That's your first your first pregnant chick, I and mean, that's that's pretty hot. She's a good one. Yeah, but I just I was just surprised at just how great she looked. I, mean, I know, me too. And she's also hilarious. Yeah, uh, she's she amazing. Just... She has a special out now. Well, anyway, um, so you're you're a real road dog. I'm glad you're going back on the road. I'm so pumped to see your new hour. I've seen you working on um, on it at the mothership, but I, I haven't seen like what you're going to be currently whatever touring with. Yeah, I've got closed the last two nights, so I, I did long. I did like fifty minutes. Cool, uh, and it's. I'm thrilled with where the shape the show's in, and uh, that's cool. And uh, to stretch it, I don't do really long sets on the road, like an hour and ten minutes at most. Same. I don't want to hear myself talk much longer than that. I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk that. And the whole show's like an hour and a half. So you know, the the shows at Joe's place some nights are two and a half hours. uh, With Joe doing an hour at the end of it after five comedians, you know, and I'm like. That's a worn out group of people, you know, because yeah. they, they just, the talent level's so high there. They get hammered by every one of them. Yeah. And, uh, and then Joe hammers them for another hour. But when I headline, if there's two guys in front of me doing 20 minutes a piece, and when I headline the big rooms, I only do one person. These guys always take a bunch of people. Yeah, that's the thing now because, you, <clears throat> I mean, I guess it's more fun to travel with your buddies, like you were saying. It is, it is yeah. more fun. Um, uh, but it's expensive to sure just bring along a big old Fuck and that. and and what do you really need? You know, it, I mean, how much time is a comedy? How long should a comedy show be? And I think it's oh, an hour man. and a half, just like a comedy movie. Yeah, any more than that. And it, and it's a it's a workout, you know, to just sit there and laugh that hard. And I know. Uh, so I'm, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to say I'm excited about. I'm not really excited about getting <laughs> back out on the road again, but I. It's, it's not like I can change my mind. It's contracts now, it's so done. I'm coming to a city near you. Tater yeah. salad, and I don't know what any of them are, so uh, <laughs> you have to look it up, and and I'll be there dancing. Oh, well, I'm so pumped. I'm um, thank you so much for coming in and and being so open and um and sharing 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 yourself with with us with the world. I think you're just you're so fantastic, and I couldn't love you more. And well, I I love you, and I'd do anything for you. So. Oh, uh, uh, anytime uh, you need me to do anything, you call me. All I'm, right, uh, Ron White. All right. I'm all not right. gonna mow your lawn. No, no, fucking never. Come on. Okay, uh, go see Ron. He'll be touring starting in January. Tatersalad.com for tickets. Again, thank you so much. I adore you. You're welcome. Yeah. And I'm gonna go hit the links. Let's do it, Broham. All right. Until Ooh. next time. Stay cool, moms. Bye. Bye.
Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at? 